the Fitness Retention Podcast would like to welcome its first shirtless guest, Jason Ackerman. What's up, Jason? How are you? I'm proud to be not just on here, but the first shirtless guest. I was unaware. I thought I thought it was mandatory. <laughs> um, no, because I interview a lot of people, and <laughs> not everyone looks like you. Um, so. Jason, for the people who don't know you and know what you're up to, can you give um, a brief introduction about your your career in the fitness industry? Sure, I'll do I'll do my best. Uh, you know, I'm 40 years old now. I've been involved in the fitness industry for actually over 25 of those 40 years because it was the very first job that I ever had, and never left it for a real job. Uh, you know, along the way, I've kind of done everything, worked and ran you know, big box type gyms like Gold's Gym and owned a yoga studio. I've owned three CrossFit affiliates. Now currently owning my own nutrition company with my wife, Own Your Eating. And I also work for CrossFit HQ, like the head company, uh, traveling around on weekends, helping other CrossFit coaches improve. So you kind of like coach coaches then? Exactly. For the most part. I mean, if you go to a CrossFit seminar, the level one seminar is really for anyone. Mm-hmm. We get some people that have no CrossFit experience coming in for the first time, but that's where you will go if you want to improve. And at the seminar, yeah, that's entirely for CrossFit coaches looking to improve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and how did you get started in the fitness industry? What, what kind of made you want to jump in? So the story goes, at about 13 years old, I show up to my first day of high school, mm-hmm. and I walked into my earth science class, and my earth science teacher kind of eyeballed me and said, hey, how much do you weigh? Oh. And I said, I don't know, about 88 pounds. He said, cool, you're going to join the high school wrestling team. Oh. So, so I joined the team, you know, m- much to my mother's chagrin. She didn't want me doing it, but she, she let me do it. And proceeded to get my butt kicked for the next four months. Like every day after school, just a pounding, you know, from, from my teammates, from other schools around. And after that freshman year where I, I only won one match. And it was a tremendous experience and probably the most impactful experience in my life. You know, I said, okay, if I want to commit to this thing, I got to get stronger because I'm tiny. So I was like, mom, can I join a gym? So she took me to, there's really only like one gym in town in, this is probably, you know, 1992. Uh, so the one gym is called Club Fit. And she takes me there, she signs me up. And really, I never looked back and, you know, got into bodybuilding from there, got significantly better at wrestling. And, you know, throughout the years, you know, earned some accreditations from, you know, personal training uh, yoga, all that stuff. And it really stemmed from that first day of high school. And what made you kind of tip to the point where you wanted to then own a gym or own a, own a yoga studio? Why, why was ownership important to you? Ever since that first day, I remember I, I had a notebook and I kind of took notes of things I loved about the gym and things that I would change. And hmm. it was always like, okay, one day I'm going to own a gym myself. That was kind of my goal. Hmm. And it got to the point where, you know, now, you know, whether it was in college or out of college, I'm like, this is it. If I want to do this, maybe I'll, you know, 
looked back into owning this gym and I was like, wow, it's really expensive to own a, a big box gym. Like, a gold, you know, the pinnacle at the time for me was Gold's Gym. You know, that mm-hmm. was everything. And I remember getting my first job at a Gold's Gym in college and I was like, this is amazing. I work at Gold's Gym. <laughs> um, you know, I was like so proud of that. But then I realized how expensive it was to franchise and all of that. So I, was, I kind of put it on the back burner. And when I found yoga a few years later, I was like, well, that's a lot cheaper. All I really need is a space and, you know, ideally some heat in this room. Mm-hmm. So, so that's when I was like, okay, I could do this. And found a, you know, found some space, opened a yoga studio. And then, you know, as I did that, I also found CrossFit. And, you know, for those involved in CrossFit, you realize it's a lot less expensive to get a gym open. Mm-hmm. So that's where that gym really came. The gym ownership dream kind of reawoken me you know for a few years in there it was like well i don't know that i'll ever own one but i'll just continue to be a part of the fitness industry and then there was a brief moment where i almost quit that where i almost gave up hmm um and you've owned three crossfit affiliates right yep i own three in upstate new york and sold them all and now live in southwest florida a little bit of a change of scenery Ah, more, yeah. More so was just looking for that change of weather. The scenery yeah. is nice too, but sick of the cold Northeast. If any listeners are from up in that area, they completely get it. <laughs> um, so this podcast is about retention. Um, and I imagine that having owned and sold three gyms, you are fairly well versed in retention initiatives and the importance of retention and kind of everything that it encompasses. Um, Talk to me about what, what retention meant to your business when you were running gyms. Well, retention is everything. If, you know, it doesn't matter how many people you get to join the gym if they're not sticking around. So from day one, I realized, okay, now that I have this member, that's cool. This month payment is great, but I need this month payment next month as well. Mm-hmm. So it really became my design of the business and how can I keep these members staying here as long as possible. And in the CrossFit space, that's not always easy. I mean, boxes these days are $150, $200. That's a big chunk of change for the average person to pay every month. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's vital for your business to succeed. You know, so, and even to this day with, with our nutrition company, it's the same thing. I mean, you need to have retention. So I've got a question, I mean, a number of questions about the gym, but I also want to eventually transition to lessons that you've learned outside of necessarily like just the fitness and the gym industry and how those can be applied to gyms, but we'll we'll get there eventually. Um, What were some of the things that you did to ensure that as many people as possible stayed? Like, how did you create systems or how did you go out of your way to give the customer the best experience to ensure the highest probability of staying. Well, you know, it's, it's a little funny that you had me on this podcast at this point in my life. Cause I've actually, you know, I'm not on it to plug this cause it's not even out yet, but I started writing a book called best hour of their day. Uh-huh. And the, and the book is really the question you just asked me, like, what are some life lessons I've learned along the way? And, and how did I do that? And you know, the, some, the title of the book sums it up. My goal in CrossFit, and box ownership was always to make it the best hour of this person's day. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, and I'm sure you know this, people want this black and white answer. Well, what's the trick? What's the key? And it's so many little things, but at the end of the day, to me, it was okay. 
I need this person to leave here thinking to themselves, wow, I can't wait to come back tomorrow. Hmm. And if I could do that, I knew they would stay, you know, for a lifetime. So what business made you feel that way to where that was so important to you? You know, part of, I didn't really have a business that I can relate that to. I just, it was just something I knew. I was like, well, I'm charging these people a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I'm putting through this terrible workout, (laughs) you know, and then I expect them to come and I'm basically yelling about this workout. Right. And now I'm like, Hey, I need you to continue to pay me and come back again. (laughs) So, you know, it was just, it was something I I quickly realized and don't get me wrong cleaning the bathroom was important. That's part of the best hour of their day, mm-hmm. right? If they go in there and they, you know, are standing in garbage, that's not good. Making sure, you know, the doorway was, was clean, making sure I smiled when I met them. All of those little things played a role, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the only other business that I can relate it to for me was I, I participate in jujitsu. I compete in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like, when I show up there, those are my buddies. Those are my friends, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, those are the people I want to hang out with. Those are the people I spend my weekends with at the time. Um, and it was the same principle. I was like, well, I need to create that same community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's largely what CrossFit is known for is an awesome community. Um, yeah. I mean, in owning three boxes, I would tell you, I would guess 20 marriages were, you know, formed or whatever, you know, however you want to put it. I mean, people met their significant other there. Um, you know, obviously tons of other dates and fun times were had by a lot of the members as well. But, you know, babies are here because of the box and friend. I mean, I see it even now having sold my last box over four years ago and moving to Florida, I see the snowball effect of me opening Albany CrossFit in 2007 still happening to this day. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, anybody naming their baby after you? They should. They should <laughs> if they haven't. Maybe. Maybe somebody will. Um, okay, so what are some lessons that you've learned um, now running Own Your Eating that maybe if you could have applied them to running your gyms, you would apply? So what are basically the things that work in other businesses that – gym owners aren't thinking about? You know, I'd like to think I learned those lessons in the gym and now can apply them here versus the opposite. But, you know, same, same question would be, again, referring back to kind of some of the stuff I've written down about the best hour was, you know, things like listen, you know, and I, and I relate it to a story I had with one of our members came in at 500 pounds Mm -hmm. and I knew a ton about nutrition. And I very easily could have been like, hey, this guy's name was Murph. I could have been like, hey, Murph, here's the deal. Welcome. I need you to eat meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. And I need you to keep intake to levels that support exercise, but not body fat. Let's do this. <laughs> and we, I think we both, you know, you're laughing because you know how overwhelming that would have been to a person. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was, start, what I did was just start slowly. And I, you know, don't even think we touched anything about nutrition for months. It was just simply, let's drink more water. Let's continue to come in. So when I say listen, it's just 
meeting people where they are, listening to their comments, their concerns, you know, getting to know your members. You know, I was invited to dozens of weddings and bar mitzvahs and parties, you know, creating that vibe and culture that is meaningful to you. Um, that's, you know, that's one of the biggest lessons, just being there and present with your members. Hmm. So, you know, something else I, I learned along the way was you got to keep the customer satisfied. And that's very similar to, you know, what we're talking about retention. I'll give you another story. I, the, the most commonly programmed workout ever on CrossFit is a 5K run. Hmm. It's also one of the most feared and hated workouts by all CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. So I own, I own the affiliate and I programmed a 5K run for the day, which basically means your members are going to come in, change, and go out and run you know, 3.1 miles. You're not going to see them for 20 to 30 minutes, and that's it. But as far as training and adaptation for fitness, it's important. That day, no members showed up. So huh. I get mad because I'm like, hey, you guys need this. Why aren't you here getting angry? And instead of realizing they didn't want to do it, I went home and put the same workout the very next day. And once again, no one shows up. And now I start getting angry texts and I'm getting mad at the members when the lesson I learned was, hey, you need to value their opinion. And just because you know they need it doesn't mean that's what they want. And sometimes, you know, running your business Trump's giving people exactly as far as their fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, from the, from the personal training standard, like my, my background and, you know, I've, I've coached CrossFit. I coached CrossFit for a couple of years. There are definitely workouts that people don't want to do um, that are very good for them. Same thing with personal training, but ultimately if people hate what they're doing, you're not going to be able to be able to make them do it. Um, <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, even to this day when people say, Hey, what's the best training methodology? I'm like, which one's going to get you there? Yeah. What do you like? I love CrossFit. That's what gets me going. But if you don't like CrossFit, you better find something you enjoy doing because it has to be something you can do forever. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about what, what right now, what you're for in the business of fitness. You know, I think the, the biggest thing I'm for is just adaptability and sustainability too many people out there think they know the right answer for everybody and think what they know is you know the only truth I, you know i don't know the expression but it's like don't be afraid of what you don't know be afraid of what you know for certain that's not true hmm. and it's kind of i see so many people that are you know have a scarcity mindset be yeah. it be it you know what type of training to do or there's a gym down the road or this guy's my competition. And I think the, what, what I'm chasing is getting, there's billions of people on this planet in this country. There's, there's enough people for, for every personal trainer and gym to thrive. Yeah. You know, and, and what you have to do is show people what you do, why you do it well and why they should be doing it and not worry about what anybody else is doing. My, my two cents on that would be people that are really worried about, not competition because competition is i mean if you don't know your competition it's it's a problem it says a lot about i think about your business but the people that don't or that are in that scarcity mindset don't necessarily know what they do well you know like Mm -hmm. what 
do better than everybody else that's going to make a certain um, you know portion of the population come to them and if you can't define that for yourself then you're in trouble because you're trying to get everybody not just focusing on your target clients and i'm sure it's similar in your business now right that's 100 percent right i mean everybody teaches nutrition yeah so if i can't explain what i do differently to the hundreds of other people out there then yeah, I'm going to be in this constant battle. But there are definitely people who are like, hey, you're not right for us because yeah. you don't understand what we do and it wouldn't be a good fit. So like you said, I think that's a great way to look at it. I need to know what I do well and now I know who to go after for clientele. Yeah. What about what about something that you're against in, in the fitness business or the business of fitness? Well, I suppose it could be the same thing, right? I'm against that scarcity mindset. Um, but I think I would be more so just against that, that people are so set in their ways to not think there are other just as good or better ways out there. And, and nutrition is the same thing. While, while I'm a firm believer in flexible eating and macro counting, I'm not ignorant to think there are other, aren't any other good avenues out there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then the same holds true with fitness. When I, when I opened my CrossFit affiliate, it was the only type of training anyone on this planet should be doing, <laughs> you know, that was it. And then you realize, yeah, well, I do think it's great. And I, you know, personally think it's the best path to fitness. It's only that path. If, if you're on it and if you're not on that path and you'd rather be doing yoga or Zumba or powerlifting or bodybuilding, that's what you need to be doing. Hmm. Zumba. I haven't had a Zumba shout out in a while. It's you know, it's a lot of fun. It is pretty fun. I feel like there's a lot of people in Florida that probably do it, right? Uh, you know, I haven't uh, been to a Zumba place down here, but when I owned the affiliate, we had a couple Zumba instructors, and every couple times a year, we would run a Zumba class, and when mm-hmm. there was a fundraiser, you know, just a good time, it was always fun. That's awesome. I've done one Zumba class, and it was it was actually kind of hard. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I have no rhythm, so. I don't dance for an hour ever. Yeah. You're like, weird muscles are sore the next day. <laughs> yeah, my ego. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, talk to me a little bit about what's something every gym can do starting tomorrow to have the long-term effect of making more money? Well, Increase their rates would be one, I suppose. But without knowing the gym, and I think a lot of cross, if a CrossFit affiliate is listening, that's probably something they should consider if they haven't. But something every gym can do to to increase their rates. All these big answers, you know, retention, obviously. But if you're looking for, hey, give me one thing that we can do, would simply be learn every member's name. Hmm. You know, and and I, you know, looking back, especially when I was at the, the big box gyms, I was bad about that. I had my friends that I liked that were training and people that I knew. And then these people that I was just like, I don't know them. So I don't talk to them, you know, challenge your staff to, to make connections with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people are in it. I'm, I'm decades removed from going to a, a gold's gym, but, and there are a lot of people in there that are so focused. I don't want to talk to anyone. This is my time to hit chest and tries, whatever. But there are plenty of people that are just looking for some friends in there and they would love some advice or, you know, just a friendly smile. So, you know, there, there's definitely parts of me that wishes 
I can go back into that world because I know now I would be this like amazing personal trainer. I've just changed, you know, my mindset so much and learned so much over the years. I would walk in and have like a billion clients. I just, that's not what I want to do. Um, I forget who I was talking to. It was like, it was, it was at the beginning of the year and they just mentioned it anecdotally, but they said that the only thing that they look at when they're, no, it was someone, a story that someone told me, um, about an interview that they went on and after the interview, they passed because they smiled seven times in the interview. That's like the minimum number. And this person's only criterion for hiring people in the gym was whether or not they smile more than X amount of times in, in half an hour. And yeah, it's that's super tr- interesting. It's tremendous. I mean, it's, it really, you know, I think I was telling someone the other day, we were talking about, Oh, was my, it was an attorney and we were talking about services and I was like, this is no different than what I do. Like you're trying to sell me on this and you know, you're in the service industry and ultimately it's all about what you give someone, mm-hmm. you know, so whether you're, you know, I was there to get a will drawn up for myself, you know, whether you're there to get a will personal training or food at a restaurant, it's all customer service. And if, if you can't smile and you can't be approachable and, you're, you're not going to do well. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. If people don't like being around you, no one's going to hear that. Yeah. Um, how about the same question with saving time? And this is one I think you're going to have some really good input on because I know that you like systems and you really like kind of like continuous improvement. So having been a part of big box gym, owning yoga studios, owning three CrossFit gyms, what's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow to save time? I think you really have to figure out what the most essential things in your day are. You know, a lot of business owners get wrapped up in doing a billion things, you know, half-assed versus one thing really well, Mm -hmm. figuring out what those are for your gym and then delegating everything else. If I owned a box or a a big box gym, I would delegate so much from creating flyers to putting out advertisements to handling the EFT systems. There's just stuff you can use all these companies online these days to do that for you. Mm -hmm. There's no sense in wasting your time doing it. So figuring out what you don't enjoy doing and immediately figuring out who you can get to do that for you. So what would you be doing? What's your like one thing you'd be doing every day if you owned a gym today? I think I would, you know, the big thing under that umbrella would simply be finding time to talk to at least one or two people every day, Hmm. you know, really making that connection. It can be as simple as, Hey, let's work out together. It can be, let's grab a coffee together. It can be come into my office for five minutes and let's talk. But you know, those are the things where, Hey, if you do that with someone, your retention for that person is done. Like you're good to go. Your, your you know? effort there, unless they move. Should yeah. You know, and that's going to happen. But yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I tell people about my brain, like my brain is weird. I think it's just from training it a certain way. Like I can remember what weights people. at them. I remember their last day bench press and just weird facts about them. And I think it's kind of what I've created but it's that same principle. You know, if I can look at someone and be like, Hey Alex, you know, how's the wife? How is this? You know, I know you had 
this last week. And I know you had that a couple weeks ago. How's your dog? They, they're like, oh, this guy really knows me and really cares about me. Yeah. So what's something that you think bigger gyms can teach smaller gyms? When you say bigger gyms, you mean big box gyms? Yeah, like a big box gym. Um, or even like an independent facility with, let's say, a thousand members versus like a CrossFit gym with 200 or 300. I, I think bigger box gyms, you know, have to figure out how to do this in smaller time scale. Mm -hmm. And then also just obviously, you know, not obviously, but people maybe tend to come in less often. So it's like, how can I do these things, but in shorter periods of time, you know, with, with, with CrossFit, for example, mm -hmm. people come in, if not, you know, really too much, you know, five, six days a week, they don't, cause it is their time away from everything else. And it's an hour for Globo gyms. You might get, the people that come in twice a week, once a week, once a month. Yeah. And how do I make those connections with them in that short period of time? The time element is not something that anybody else has talked about on this show. Um, and it's something that I haven't really thought about either. It's like, how do you get a, almost like a Diet Coke version of community because you're only seeing them maybe once or max like two to three times a week for your average user? Yeah, and not to mention that time is small. Yeah. You know, so, for example, I coach a class. A, I'm going to be there a few minutes early, and they're going to be hanging out, and we're going to. That's you know where a lot of that happens. But then also, I've got a warm up that I'm running. You know, we're we're creating a relationship. I've mm -hmm. got a cool down at the end. Where for these other you know gyms, someone puts their headphones on, hops on the treadmill, you don't talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where you could. Okay, the the woman over in the corner that's just walking she'd love to talk for five minutes and distract her. You know, the guy that's hitting bench on Monday that needs a spot to get that extra rep, head over to him. You know what's, you know, would be interesting. And I'm just like thinking of an idea is like, if you owned a facility or were the manager or operator, or whatever, kind of like the head honcho, make a, a business card, make a thousand of them and just go drop them on like every treadmill and elliptical that people are on says, Hey, my name is Alex. Uh, I'm blank here at blank company. I just want you to know my door is open for you whenever I'm here. And I've never seen anybody do anything like that. That'd be tremendous. I mean, I think it's such a different culture in the, that gym that I don't know that you would get people at first. No, I think that'd be a good start. But then, you know, this person that put those cards out there would have to also initiate it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did you, hey, did you get my card? Like, I mean it, my door is always open. Have you ever, cause you get, like I said, it's been so long since I was a member or a trainer at a gym, but people that have no idea what they're doing, they're just like, well, it's New Year's and I got to lose weight, right? So yeah. we sat down with them for five minutes and told them, you know, what to do today or showed them a new machine or fix their form on something. One thing. Yeah, one thing. Um. All right. Well, I know that you have to jet fairly soon, so I'm going to give you two softball questions. Oh, all right. Um, you're packing a gym bag for the rest of your life. You can have three things in it. You've already got music and you've already got uh, clothing. What's three things. Well, I'll take, I'll take my, my wife in that bag because she's a good workout partner. Okay. I need uh, you know, 
<laughs> I need, <laughs> she's tiny. I need someone to push me at the box. So one thing that I've really uh, enjoyed about CrossFit is the community aspect and that competitive aspect. Uh-huh. So I, I will, I'll take her for that reason. I'll take, I'll take my phone because while I love going to the gym, nothing's more important than nutrition. And I track all my food on my fitness pal. Yeah. So I think uh, while I love the gym, 80% of how you look, feel, and perform happens in the kitchen. Yeah. So let's track that. And then let's take uh, one more one more thing. And then, you know, to be honest, I don't use much at the gym. I don't I might pride myself on not using belts or knee sleeves or any of that stuff, but I'll I'll throw some chalk in just in case we wind up on a desert island and my hands get slippery. Okay, that works. Um, second softball question. Uh, what's a book that you've read recently that had a big impact on you? Oh, I've been reading so many books, but my, my most recent one that's had the best impact is a book called Nonviolent Communication. I think I was mm-hmm. telling you about it off air. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. And there's a handful of versions out there. If you are taking me up on it, I would highly recommend the audio version of it. Hmm. And if you're looking for the right one, it's got like peace fingers on the cover. Hmm. So that's the one I listened to actually from a recommendation from Tim Ferriss's book Hmm. and really loved it. Just, you know, everything we discussed today is a big part of that book, just communicating with others. Hmm. And I know, I feel kind of bad because I'm on your podcast and it's like all about retention and I'm actually bad at having specifics because it's like all of this intangible stuff. Yeah. So I hope people, I hope that people are listening and, you know, maybe one or two nuggets out there. I hope that, you know, they understand from my perspective. It's like, there's lots of little things you have to do, but the big picture is like, you have to care. Yeah. And as a box owner or a gym owner, if you care, your, your, your members will see, feel, and appreciate that. And they're going to want to stay. Yeah. And I mean, you look at like, you look at the companies that do like, we'll just use in this example, retention really well. It's not like day one, they suck and day two, they're great. You know, like day one, they suck. And then day two, they learn five people's name. And then three, they take a member out for coffee who looks like they're down. And then day four, they call someone who hasn't been in in a week. You know, like it's this very iterative and gradual process. It's not like you just flip a switch and you're good at it. So to what you're saying, like adding these little things in, even though you don't have like huge examples, that's what ultimately paints the the picture that comes out looking good versus like, trying to do one thing and maybe you know everyone's name but you're an ass you know like that doesn't matter um so i mean i hear what you're saying like i I totally understand yeah and 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 to your point i was really bad at this for years i mean prior to crossfit i was very much like i taught spin and i taught yoga and i was a personal trainer and i had that mindset of like you're with me or against me and it was dumb right it was like hey you don't have to choose sides. Like just cause I'm telling you to do this. I mean, I probably ruined a lot of women's day in that spin class. Cause I was so mad that they weren't doing what I asked of them. And it's like, you know, and, and now like I'm going to go teach a class and people ask me questions. They get nervous and it's this, you know, CrossFit stressful. And I'm like, it's just exercise guys. We're just here to get a little bit healthier. Yeah. You know, and if, if you can take that approach, they have more fun. And when they have more fun, they're going to come back tomorrow. Yeah. 
Okay, so last question, or no, second to last question. Um, what do you want your, your legacy on the industry to be? You know, I think I just want my, my legacy to be that I've really had an impact on, on people's lives. Um, I'm seeing that, which is really awesome. I hear from people from a decade ago that still talk about a class they took and seeing people, you know, I, I, I saw an old friend a little over a year ago and he was 450 pounds and now he's under 300. Wow. You know, and just to know that Roz and I played a, a role in his life is, is important. Here's so that, yeah, that's it. You know, just, you know, one day when I'm no longer around and some people have outlasted for them to, you know, be like, wow, that guy changed my life. 150 pounds at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last question, Jason, how can people find you and what you're up to now? Cool. Well, our website is ownyoureating.com. Our social media is just about everything at ownyoureating. Um, I'm sure if they just Google my name, they'll find something. There's a tattoo artist with the same name, so I'm not that one. Usually it's followed by something CrossFit. Um, so something like that. Um, Roz and I just worked really hard on our nutrition certification. So that's out there also on the, if you go to Own Your Eating, you'll see it at the top. But yeah, if you go to Own Your Eating and reach out to the contact, I'll see it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jason. We'll wrap there. Thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, obviously, thanks for your time and your expertise. Super helpful. Wow, that was a lot of fun, Alex. Thank you very much. Bye.